Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, a patron prompt has us looking into a big, glowing city. But before we get into that, remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com. And this is a brand new announcement. We've just added a suggestion box to our Discord. So if you're in a Discord and you want to add either a prompt or if you want to give us feedback about a previous prompt that or setting that we've done, you can go to our Discord with a link for that in the description. Of course, if you want to follow us on social media, you can go to our Twitter, you know, all that good stuff. Go to the, the tweet machines. We're there. And if you're feeling particularly generous, like Diplo Raptor here, you can go to our Patreon and give us money where we have patron exclusive episodes now, which is pretty cool. We just did our second one not too long ago. And they're they're really fun. I, it's a very different vibe from the main podcast, I have to say. If you want to hear us talk shit uh, for like almost an hour, if you want to just like come hang out, Go to our Patreon. We have those episodes available for $5 and up patrons. But enough of the shilling. Let's get into the prompt. Now, this prompt, like I said, comes from our patron Diplo Raptor, who submits it as the City of Eternal Dawn, a city whose stonework glows golden 24-7. So even at the pitch black of night, the city is light with the color of dawn, dusk, and twilight. In this city, where the light always shines, what crime exists in the shadows of such a city? Who are the major families and organizations? What is life like in this city and its eternal dawn for the citizens? Diploraptor also offers up three tenets. One is, the sun is sacred to the city, so much so that it is why the city glows with the sun goddess's blessing. Only the stonework of the city glows, thus wooden buildings and structures do not produce light. The church and leadership of the city are not evil or malicious. They are a positive force for good. So with our prompt out of the way, again, thank you so much for the prompt, Diplo. Always appreciate it. And who wants to get us started with their first tenant for this uh, glow light city? <laughs> um, I'd be happy to start since mine has to do with why it glows. Oh, okay. Courtney, mm -hmm. go ahead. Okay. So um, kind of going off of uh, one of Diplo's tenets about the sun goddess's blessing being what makes the city glow. What better way to honor the sun and receive her blessing than blood sacrifice, everybody's favorite. <laughs> um, Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm picturing like a, a stone temple ziggurat kind of thing in the middle of the city um, with grooves carved into its sides. And when a sacrifice is carried out, um, probably during like an eclipse because of course, um, the blood would flow down the grooves and like spread into all of the interconnected stonework and architecture of the city, thus imbuing it all with glowing properties, maybe even some sort of magical protection or mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. other sort of beneficial thing. Okay, this is a really dope idea. And I think <laughs> it actually is going... <laughs> What's, what would you say, Daniel? That's pretty messed up. Yes, it is pretty messed up. I actually think it's actually going to work pretty well with my tenant. Oh, nice. But before we continue, I do want to address how, okay, so the church is not evil. The, the, mm. the main people are not evil. Are we going to take a vicious stand here and say that blood sacrifice is not inherently evil? Because I think we might have to have some words about that before we continue on. Uh, yeah, I agree. That That is basically the stance that I'm going for in that... Um, <laughs> Okay, so without these sacrifices, <laughs> maybe the city would be doomed. Like, is so it's a greater good, right? Is the sacrifice evil or malicious if the outcome is very much a positive thing? And maybe they even view the sacrifices as like an honor to be chosen to give your life to the goddess. That's okay. Sort of so thing. we're we're talking from a collectivist society perspective mm -hmm. type thing, mm -hmm. right? We're taking a utilitarian um, moral point of view, it seems. Yeah, this is this is already morally complex, Courtney, but I'm, I'm totally sorry. here for it. We're potentially a um, moral relativist point of view. Oh, very much so, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's funny you should mention that because now you say that, Courtney, and both of my tenets work very well. Uh, there is no collusion on this episode, not this time. Uh, but I, I want to give one of my tenets, which is, 
the entire city is built underground and there is no natural sunlight anywhere except the city itself. That was actually going to be very close to my second one, which was that the glowing stone allows them to grow down into the earth rather than needing to expand outward. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the, and you know, that would make sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I, I was re- I recognize that the underdark and like the underground is something that is ubiquitous among fantasy places and especially D&D with its underdark setting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that we've never really done anything robust in that. Like we've had <sighs> dwarven episodes before. <laughs> But like, I, I wanted to like get into a little bit more of like what a truly underground setting would be like, and mm-hmm. I think this is uh, an ample opportunity. If it's underground, this also explains um, the value of the city if it can generate mm-hmm. its own light. Uh, exactly. So mm-hmm. Exactly. Everywhere else would be horrible and dark, like the underdark. Exactly, and and not only that, but I was thinking in my mind that. You can also evoke kind of themes of hope, like it's a beacon in the darkness, you know, like Mm -hmm. if we wanted to keep the church and the people within the city as like good people, then yeah, like, oh, we're providing hope, we're providing the light in the dark, that type of thing. It's very thematic. It's overt, but, you know, I think Mm -hmm. it also works for what we're trying to do here. Um, any, Any other comments before we continue on? How much blood are we talking? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I suppose that's actually a very good question. That is a good question. I I don't know. Does Um, it have to be sentient blood? Can it just be animal blood, for example? um, I mean, I was definitely picturing like human, human sacrifice. Specifically human, right? Yeah. Humanoid, maybe. maybe. If you want to tone it down and just do animals, that's no. I I think it's gotta be. I think there's something about the animus in a human, and it can't Mm. just be like some other species. It probably has to be. Well, maybe it could be some other species. If there's, we don't know if there's other species in the setting yet, but I think it has to be something sentient. Mm -hmm. So, okay, with a soul. You can know? we split the? Di- well, are you saying that animals don't have souls, Daniel? You would of say, of course, they're souls. Yeah. They're just they're you're monstrous. You're absolutely <laughs> monstrous. I hate it. Okay, uh, we're ignoring that for many reasons. But I, I think well, redheads we- and animals don't have souls. I mean, that's <laughs> are you married to a redhead? How does that work in your household? Uh, you I know love what? redheads. We're- I'm telling you, redheads are my favorite. Okay, we're moving the fuck on right now. <laughs> Uh, I think we need to split the difference here. I th- can we say that sentient beings are sacrificed, but it's for special occasions? Like you can do with like an animal sacrifice in a pinch, but the best and best results are like humanoid sacrifice. Can we? Can I, we at I least really want full on. It's got to be sentient mm-hmm. people. Maybe it's not as often though. To to maybe to your point, maybe it's not a lot. You don't need it often. Maybe like the eclipse thing is the human sacrifice, but there's like a a daily or like weekly animal type thing. Okay. Yes. See, see that I can get behind because I feel like it's very hard if like every day you're just churning out another human sacrifice, you know, like (laughs) I feel like this is something that maybe we can even have it be like a solar cycle or something like that. Like every cycle something happens and we need like, okay, toss another human on the pile, you know, like that's that type of thing. Question. So I'm still a little bit on the fence with animals <laughs> only because I feel like it's too cheap. You know, mm-hmm. could, could we say that maybe it doesn't need a lot of blood? Like it just needs that human in certain cycles. Just a little bit of blood. Yeah. Like we need a lot of love, a lot of blood for that moment, but like <laughs> from that whole human, but could we just say it's not that frequent? Cause I think that would build yeah. a lot of tension yeah. towards the sacrifice because if you're constantly killing things and throwing mm-hmm. it on the it becomes kind of like oh gotta kill something throw it on there it's kind of Tuesday. okay but if it's, you know what i mean yeah i i hear you i i I, yeah. I think i might have like another in-between type thing mm-hmm. so sacrifice doesn't necessarily always mean death of the thing it just means you're get you're giving up something right you're sacrificing right. part of yourself now, I'm not saying that we cop out and be like, oh, you prick your blood and you're fucking fine. But mm-hmm. maybe it's a thing where it's a blood tithe, where if you're a citizen of the city, you have to uh, like okay. bleed yourself into a, a communal. Bit. Yeah, like a communal oh. bowl. Like imagine going to church instead of eating the wafer, you prick your finger <laughs> into the pool. It's a little right. wafer mm-hmm. and they pour right. that into whatever. Or, or even like 
you know, the, the church members are going around and they have a giant cauldron that's just like mm-hmm. golden. It's a stone cauldron. It's glowing mm-hmm. and it's golden. Yeah. And then like they pour that onto the ziggurat and it like flows yeah. down. And that's mm-hmm. what sustains it for the meantime. Yes. That way we don't have to have animals. And it's always like something sentient. But when the ritual comes, that's when they give a whole person to it. Yeah. Maybe that's like an annual thing or something like mm-hmm. that. So exactly. we can make it less grisly and less like grim dark i mean we're already yeah. in the pitch black so like maybe like mm-hmm. uh, for for once i'm not trying to encourage courtney's grisliness here but like i'm trying to like rein it in just a little bit here you know that's fair that's fair yeah i mean and it could be we don't know like the level of technology of the setting either mm-hmm. so it could be um, a sophisticated sort of process too true i mean true. or it could be very medieval for all we know we haven't gotten there yet mm-hmm. so are do you have a tenant that might and nudge us in one of those directions, Daniel? Oh, I did, but now you're going to have to figure out what to do with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what do we got? So I had written down, the light is radioactive, and it kills anyone who isn't from the city or is anointed by its clerics. Okay. Uh, Okay, Daniel, this is, I have to give my second tenant now. I apologize for nothing. (laughs) But um, the, the other thing that I had in mind is that, the light attracts the most dangerous beasts and denizens from the underdark and traveling outside the light radius is incredibly dangerous for the population. Mm-hmm. I think that so, works though. Yeah. It's compatible yeah, because it's like, it's a gilded cage. Like the mm-hmm. people who are within the radius of the glow of the light, they are safe. But anyone right. who's trying to like, who it's kind of like, if a vampire and there, you know, in like every horror movie that has vampires, there's like a sunbeam and the, mm-hmm. the vampire reaches out and they burn themselves on the sunbeam. It's that, but for like every evil denizen of the mm-hmm. underdark and this mm-hmm. thing is like radioactive in some way. That's cool. I just, I, I wanted it. There's some, something to be like dangerous about the light. So, um, yeah. I don't know what the radioactivity means. Like, I don't mean that mm-hmm. literally. Just, I mean that, um, it, it, that kind of works with your monster thing. But I mean that if you bring someone to the city and they're not like, um, uh, what's inoculated to its light, they'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have the perfect fucking solution for this. <laughs> when you give your blood, when you sacrifice your blood, when you tithe your blood, that mm-hmm. inoculates you to yes. the radiation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, like you're you're giving mm-hmm. yourself part of it to protect yourself. Like that's absolutely mm-hmm. what's exactly. Going on here. Yeah. And that's what that's what lets you stay there. And it's exactly. also like I bet if you leave too, um, there's probably some debilitating effects as a result of not being bathed in the light. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. I I think there I had an idea as well where like merchants or people who are traveling to and from they can probably mm. carry like stone parts with them. You know, oh, like, yeah. To ensure that. Which they... eventually fade away, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So it's like they're, they're not encouraged to explore outside of this area very often or very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much in um, a sinister thing, because I think it's the inhabitants of this of the city. Maybe not. We don't know about the leadership of the we know the leadership isn't evil, but it, they're mm-hmm. they're they're trying to ensure the survival of these people. Right. Exactly. So, a, exactly. requiring it to continue glowing is part of that survival, you know, mm-hmm. and B, if it is damaging to people who come in, you have to bring them into your religion in order to keep them alive and to keep them safe from the darkness. Exactly. I, I think that's also a, a fairly apt metaphor for indoctrination as well. Which, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, which, yes, has a bad rap overall, but like, you know, like in this case that we can look at it as in religious indoctrination, which I think is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, what, 10 minutes in and I'm already super excited. So, you know, this is going to be a good setting already. I love how things are coming together. Uh, Courtney, why don't you hit us with your second tenant so we can see where else this thing is going to go. So the one that I had planned on going with was that the stone allows them to grow down into the earth rather Mm -hmm. than having to expand outward. But I also had another one written down that was, uh, no or very limited metalworking. Sure. Okay. Interesting. You're looking at essentially like a Stone Age kind of um, peoples, right? Potentially, yeah. Or they've developed tools that don't rely on metal necessarily. Gotcha. Could the stone be a special kind of stone? That's why it's not just regular. I mean, stone. it glows. Daniel, it glows yeah. with the light of the sun. Yes, it's a special <laughs> kind of stone. I mean, like, can it be called stone? But it's really some other material. 
like plastic? Like, what are we talking about here? I don't know. Like, because like, if we don't have metal, right? Maybe they have some other like uh, science fantasy material that's shapeable. Mm. You know, I think that what we might be able to do is kind of a monster hunter situation where they're able to use bone and I like, was just gonna say sinew. Yeah. yeah. Uh, be- because if I'm thinking of like Mesoamericans, right, where they didn't really have a lot of metalworking outside of you know goldsmithing and whatnot, but um, you know something like uh, not, not onyx. What am I thinking of? The, obsidian. The obsidian. Thank you. So you can probably even tie those together and say that there is because of this radiation, it kind of melts or warps the stone around it to mm-hmm. this kind of like glass-like material. So you can mm-hmm. have obsidian work, uh, you know, like uh, tools and whatnot, but it's obviously like imbued. It, it's it's actually, if you wanted to go like kind of cliche with it, this is like the sunstone and then the stuff that leaches or, or the stone around it that gets warped by the radiation is so black that it's nightstone, you know, if you wanted to do <laughs> something like that. So mechanically, there's not really a need for metal because this is malleable enough to make things. Um, and probably it has maybe if you burnish it, like it can be really strong like metal. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of interesting that they can use the sunstone itself to warp the other types of stone into yeah. certain yeah. shapes and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. That, and and to so it's me, like a magical type of stone almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's always kind of fun because it's like, um, I think way back we used to, uh, Chris used to say something like when you would find technology and just use it for the wrong purpose, you know, like mm-hmm. using uh, like a jet engine as like a, um, as like a way to cook your food. I feel <laughs> like that's what they're doing with this sunstone. Like this, this mm-hmm. stone should probably be like insanely powerful as like a magic engine, but mm-hmm. but they're like just like oh we can just make this rock really hot and make weapons and tools out of it, you know, like that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, yeah, this is yeah, this is dope already. I'm really <laughs> enjoying this. Um, Daniel, hit us with your second tenet, and then we can kind of discuss the setting at large here. My second tenet is relatively straightforward. Um, it is that this city is the only one of its kind left and the only yeah. um, vestige of civilization mm-hmm. left in the world. Oh, the only vestige. So that would really cut down on like the necessity of trade and everything like that mm-hmm. then, huh? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I imagine you could still have people traveling out there to gather like unknown resources and things. And there's still mm-hmm. the opportunity for there to be like a ruins of civilization out there. Yeah. But um, my my thinking is like, not only does the city shine because it's got this magical light, but it's literally known as the last place to go where you'll be safe. So mm-hmm. so does that imply that there are people out in the darkness who like civilizations yes. out in the darkness even? Yeah, I mean, maybe what I mean by that is like where they live is probably more apocalyptic and this uh-huh. place is considered civilization. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so this is like the last city that is remaining from like what yeah. have you. Okay, and it was mm-hmm. safe. safe from those monsters you invented, I imagine. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's funny you should mention that because when I was running down the monsters and stuff like that, that I was, because again, I had this idea of like a gilded cage, like I was saying, and I didn't want it to be vampires because I feel like mm-hmm. vampires are so cliche at this point. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, like, at least in this regard. I, I brought it down to like two or like three that I thought would be kind of interesting. Uh, I'm going to include some other species here because I thought that having a criminal organization that is full of like either, you know, like deep gnomes or goblins and stuff like that. I thought that'd be kind of fun as like an undercity type thing. But that's not what we're talking about. Sorry, I'm getting off track here. Get ahead of myself. But my idea was uh, you, we could either have shades, which are, you know, like spirits of the dead. And there's like so many of them that they're, they basically bounce off this thing like it's a, like it's a fog, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. just a fog. The other alternative that I had, and I'm sure that we can probably do both or like some combination. There is a race of trolls. And traditionally trolls, when they're hit with sunlight, they turn to stone or they explode. And I thought that having like, you know, like massive 10 to 20 foot tall trolls lumbering around in the darkness with their like their cat eyes glowing in the pitch black of the underdark. I thought that'd be a really fun kind of thing that we can play with. And uh, I think that we don't really have like a bunch of, you know, like 
monstrous things in our catalog mm-hmm. very often. So I thought that'd be a fun thing to introduce as well. I, I do like the idea of trolls, especially because they could almost become a part of the city's architecture yes. over time if they're hitting the barrier, turning into stone or doing something, oh, changing in some way. I'm so glad that we're on the same page here, Courtney. Yeah. And you end up with like buildings that are like half built out of stone troll statues. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. outer walls are really just mm. rows of yeah. trolls. That is exactly what yeah. I had in mind, too. Yes. Oh, my God. Twilight, because yeah. it's yeah. the most dim of the stones. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like the closer you get. Exactly. Yeah. I'd like to, I love these, these creatures out there too. And they seem to be creatures of varying degrees of intelligence, but I would love to introduce a villainous species that's hyper intelligent in the dark. Mm-hmm. So you want, I would, like, I would like some kind of mind flayers, <laughs> <laughs> some variation of mind flayers. Yes. Nice. Okay. Because they seem to be kind of pellucid uh, how you say pellucid skin you know like transparent mm. you know colorless fleshy mm-hmm. and eyeless light because... seems opposite yeah, yeah mm. eyeless. Oh, it's basically like um like when you get down into the lowest parts of the ocean how yes. everything down there is like this weird translucent partially yes yellowy. exactly yeah. squiddy yeah yeah and, and eyeless mm-hmm. because there's no light so why would you need eyes don't waste exactly. energy on your eyes mm-hmm. yeah they use their minds and you know like i don't want to just like ape mind flares because uh, you know mm-hmm. mind flares just ape cthulhu-esque visions right so something like that and i wonder what we can do to like um invent on the premise just like we will do with, with trolls right. i imagine mm-hmm. uh i think i think that that's an interesting thing that we can kind of figure out right now is the relationship between this kind of uh, hyper-intelligent, translucent uh, species and the giant, monstrous, like, mm-hmm. uh, troll-like things. Is there a connection between them? And if, like, because I, I, what I would try, what I would want to avoid is the trolls are the servitor race to right. this mm-hmm. translucent skin yeah. illithid, right? Like, that's what I I'm trying to I have a feeling the avoid. trolls aren't all evil. I have a feeling that they they have some kind of animal mentality or maybe they're not bad necessarily so so they're they're essentially like giant vicious apes in that way yeah Yeah. i think maybe it's possible to like not befriend a troll but like deal with it in a way that's not through violence because it's not evil right you can like you can kind of bargain with it but like it's always a very tenuous bargain you know where you're like dumb yeah right (laughs) exactly um yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. Mm. What about, let's talk about this not illithid race, because that's what I'm mm. interested in right now. Mm. Courtney, what do you think about this illithid, not illithid race? Yeah, I'm trying to think of ways to make them not mind flayers, um, which is tricky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can they be parallels to the um, sun goddess in some way? Like, is their philosophy either opposed to more ancient than or a version of the sun goddess's philosophy? How would we do that? It makes me wonder, like, who are these people? Like, are the people of the city the original inhabitants? Are they, um, I mean, are the Elithids a version of those people? You know, is there a duality there? Oh, like they got corrupted in some way over time? Maybe, I don't know. I think that we go to the corruption angle a little bit too often yeah. for yeah. my taste. I think that we should tr- we should strive for something different and interesting here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we think about their relationship in space, which I like what you were saying, Courtney, about the city descending further downward, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there's a realm of the surface that we're interested in. So mm-hmm. I wonder, and we said that the, these mind flayers are like deep, deep beneath where the ocean is. So like, you know, why are they in the ocean? Why are they beneath? And why is the city higher up? You know, those are all questions. Yeah, not necessarily the ocean, but just using that imagery of like, earth's ocean shit gets like really weird when you go further down Mm -hmm. yeah that does make me wonder though if like the core of the planet is some sort of like watery or Mm. bizarre realm where they come is it magical yeah yeah like is is this world not like a typical progression Mm -hmm. like maybe the the it's not like hot molten core like an earth it's Mm an endless ocean or something deep yeah yeah so okay normally I think I have a way that can kind of add some interesting flavor to this a little bit. The typical unknowable thing is aquatic, right? You look at Dagon, you look at the traditional kind of Cthuloid mythos, right? What mm-hmm. if we did something different here and we made them bat-like instead? 
imagine like a race of people that have no eyes. They have bat like wings. They're translucent. They're like gaunt, but they're still hyper intelligent and capable of creating civilizations. How yeah. do we feel about that? I've been, I'd been thinking of bats too, um, in terms of like use, being able to use echolocation and stuff to get around. Um, mm -hmm. My only concern was like getting mm -hmm. too close to vampire lore. I like that. I think we can fight that though. I think mm -hmm. that we can get away from that and make it so they're just fucking bats. Like not everything yeah, that yeah. is a vampire is a bat and vice versa. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, mix them with spiders a little bit too. That might creepy. dilute the vampire feeling. <laughs> like give them the echolocation, give them the hairiness and the flight. Which and the is good, by the way. Right? I hate this, but it's a good right. thing. So like maybe they also like have this cocooning and they also like can crawl on things like and they're spindly. That would make them kind of grosser and less vampire like. Yeah, and yeah, that's super disturbing <laughs> to think about. So they've got wings, but they're also like spindly and long mm. and they have the hair and they have the echolocation, the lack of eyes, yep. but they're like, you know, grotesque kind of like hands like creatures mm. that can wrap up as, as little, um, like, so like I can imagine, okay, I can imagine a cave, right? You're approaching this cave and you see these, these little cones dangling from the ceiling that are wrapped up almost like a cocoon and then it unfolds its wings and there's like tons of little um spindly limbs that stretch out onto the ceiling and it can like skitter on the ceiling and it flap in the darkness that's fucked up that's very right fucked up. <laughs> yes daniel that is very fucked up absolutely it's, fucked up. <laughs> it's got fangs but it also like has tentacles well wait can we can we have it so there's like it has to essentially weave its own membrane so it's like oh yes. instead of like yes. it can it can have wings like bat like wings but it has to spit the mm -hmm. silk in between so it can actually use them as uh, wings and stuff like that's that. super cool 100%. like the wings are essentially yeah. just another pair of legs and it makes yeah yes. i like that a lot yeah oh, that's hideous i love it and and, and because they're so <laughs> long and spindly and spider-like it's like this is fucking nightmare fuel why are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> okay but okay this is i think this i think this works though i think this is something that we can definitely do and, and find interesting uh one thing that i would love to suggest here uh one of my favorite like i love nature documentaries that are awful and terrible i love when you see bat ecosystems where bats never touch the ground right Yes. I want to do something mm. like this where it's like, you'll never Ooh, see these like things that. touch the ground mm. and where mm. their cities are or where their like kind of uh, collectives are tons of bone, tons of like skeletons and like bugs. Underneath it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you the, crunch, you walk on the crunch of the bones because they're not on the surface. That's fucked up. Right. And then you look up and there's like giant spire cities and oh. stuff like that. Yeah, they're upside down. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, one hundred percent. Oh, oh, something you asked before, which I just thought of. You asked, "What's the relationship between the trolls and the these creatures?" Yes. I thought one relationship could be that I imagine these creatures have some sort of psychic powers. Obviously, mm. I think the trolls. You are immune love to psychic, psychic powers, powers Dan. I love psychic powers. I think the trolls are immune to it. Uh, okay. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah. immune to psychic no. power. Yeah. They're too dumb. No, they're too dumb. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't work on them, and that's why these mm. creatures don't like the trolls. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. And in that way, the trolls can kind of be a threat to either party and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and sure. maybe even one of the reasons why the trolls try to go to the glowing city is more for safety than for attacking mm -hmm. it, because when they get attacked by the fucking weird spiders, oh yeah, bat things like they just run towards whatever looks safest and then end mm -hmm. up turning into stone on the edge. It's, it's kind of like how prehistoric man used to run woolly mammoths off cliffs. It's mm -hmm. like that, but they're directing yeah. them to it. That's actually really that. interesting mm -hmm. because it's also like, it gives reason as to why the dangerous denizens of the Underdark are attacking the city because they're not mm -hmm. really attacking it. They're actually right. just trying to run away from this other thing exactly. or they're being herded into this direction. I have a question um, that I think is kind of vampire-like, but it might be f a fun play on it. Like, uh. so, okay. So I, I know what you think I'm going to say, but, go ahead, go ahead. but, but, um, we, the, the blood of the city, the blood given to the city powers the light, right? Or at least renews it in some way. 
Uh-huh. I'm wondering if it's not necessarily just the blood because it's it's the blood of the sentient, right? And we've can, we've said that these creatures in the in the underdark, the alien ones, um, feed on they they can use psychic powers, right? I wonder if they're able to sap that sentient, like they can drain sentience almost in a way that makes the the blood no longer have the power. So, like, say mm-hmm. you're attacked by one, they might be able to like sap your sentience, and then say if you went we went to go tithe at the city your blood doesn't help. Is there something we can do with that? Because I feel like there's a connection between the sentience required to power the city through the blood mm-hmm. and these creatures using psychic powers. Hmm. No, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I think that there's something to that that we can work on. Uh, I, I think that the idea of a catch and release is terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's this idea that, oh, they try to come back, but they're essentially zombies at that point, right? <gasps> Maybe they parasitize people in some way. Like mm-hmm. they can't go to the city, but they could send people that they have touched to the city. And like try to corrupt their blood or something. And there's your crime syndicate. Oh, interesting. Like people yeah. operating in the city who have been touched by these creatures. Yeah, and I so see, they're proxies. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of... Uh parallels to perdido street station <laughs> yeah i'm yeah i'm also thinking of perdido street yeah. station um with the slake moths in particular mm-hmm. when it comes to um well wh- one thing i do want to comment on really quick daniel is that would in line with like the illithid kind of like brain sucking thing so i like that mm-hmm. concept i want to see if we can kind of figure out how we can make that work because if if we look at these things, they're giant spiders with like bat-like tendons, like they're horrible right. like monstrosities. Do they wrap their victims up in silk and then somehow drain the sentience out of them like a spider would kind of you yes. know liquefy and then suck out the innards and everything like I think that? So. so so how can we make that work exactly? I don't think they kill them though. I think like there's some other purpose to sentient creatures like to use them. Because mm-hmm. I feel like they're in opposition to the city, right? Right. And mm-hmm. you've got to undermine that from within because they can't get into it without mm-hmm. being killed. So so they, they, they don't kill them, but are they use? Is this how they feed, though? Because that's the maybe. question I have to ask. They probably feed on sentience. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you're feeding on the sentience. You're gaining. Is it also like old school mind flayers where you would also gain the memories from those that you oh, like devour. I like that. <laughs> if, if that's the case, then you have, um, Oh, sorry. I just got struck with another idea where maybe because you have, they have the blood of that person in them. They can actually, wouldn't that inoculate them from the light in some way? Oh, you mean inoculate mm-hmm. what the creature? The creature, yeah, because you're devouring its blood, right? Mm-hmm. And the blood is what pro- what offers protection. So as long as you don't miss your blood tithe, they have a window where they can actually enter the city and some penetrate right? the city. Ooh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that would have to be people who have already been inoculated by the city, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like, and and again, that would discourage people from ever traveling outside if they know mm-hmm. that this is happening. I mean, it would mean that perhaps one of their ambitions is to get enough inoculated people to create enough of a force to assault the city. Because if if these creatures, I don't know why they would want to, but if these creatures are like taking people, draining them so they can have the inoculation and then, you know, I don't know, setting them free. Now mm-hmm. those are inoculated for a short time. But is there a plan to like get enough of them inoculated to do something about it? Like what if it's a short term thing? Like what's their plan then? I don't know. I think that we should probably leave this as it is right mm-hmm. now because I love how open-ended this is. I love that there are a bunch of possibilities. I mm-hmm. don't think that drilling down and finding the answer is what we necessarily want to do right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we have so many other questions to answer. We have like, factions what? and stuff. You know, we, Not only do we have factions, mm-hmm. but we I have questions about how the rest of the setting functions, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> right. For example... Uh, one of the questions that Diplo asked in the prompt itself is like, what do the people living in this city, what do their daily lives look like? To me, this seems like a lot of it is like, it's a deeply religious like city from what I can understand. I don't even know what a criminal underground might look like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, we have to also ask some questions about like economy because bringing up what you said earlier about like merchants yeah. and people traveling yeah. outside the city, like what is, what are their resources? How do they sustain themselves? All this stuff, I guess would be necessary to figure out what a criminal, uh, a criminal group would be doing because they're usually doing stuff that has to do with the economy. Mm. Right. Uh, the, the question is like, we know that there's a, the, the powering of the city through blood, it seems to be independent of any other activity that happens in the city, like right. food, for example, mm. and, you know, right. uh, wages, like those seem to have nothing mm. to do with blood, right? So, you know, right. can, can you only grow plants in the city or do they, is it hard to grow plant life? And so they have to get it from outside and they eat mushrooms. I don't know, because there's a light mm. outside, so I don't know how it works. I think a good idea to do right now is to like step back from the initial premise and then what you're what you're suggesting Daniel is just like really figure out the logistical information about like how the people might live. One thing I yeah. do want to bring up, I think that because we're offering that it's a sun goddess and this is a sun stone like it's the the then it should be you should be able to grow things like plant mm. life with that with that stone i think that that should be a thing that we should be able to do mm -hmm. yeah and i could picture like um almost like greenhouses around the city um yeah that are like surrounded by stone yeah stone and like maybe glass to even concentrate the light even further mm -hmm. yeah that, that that's possible and then in terms of like meat and stuff like that because I imagine that there's not going to be it's not going to be a vibrant like grass grassland in terms like that mm -hmm. so certain livestock is just not going to be able to be a thing. Yeah. I imagine that there are like the most dangerous job that you can have in this society. You're a hunting party. You're going out into the darkness to try and take down mm -hmm. whatever's out there and then bring its carcass back for meat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Initially, I thought that we could even have them be troll hunters, which might be kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so, but it's one of the things where it's like you can't drive them towards the city because mm -hmm. then you lose the good meat, right? Because they turn to stone. <laughs> because they turn to stone. <laughs> so, so, like that's that's uh, kind of interesting. I think that's a bit of flavor. I know right? for them. Uh, you should, you, but uh, but again, uh, but I think that's a little bit. I don't think that's what I really want to do. I think that's a bit of fun oh. flavor that could be, but mm -hmm. I want to focus more on like, okay, what's out there in the underdark that they can hunt for food? You know, that's what I'm more interested in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you said there's other monsters. Like, could there just be other yes. warped monsters out there that are edible? Like Absolutely. dinosaurs or something? <laughs> night dinosaurs? Night dinosaurs. Night dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Not night dinosaurs. dinosaurs, but night dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like they're afraid of the light because it's bright and stuff, but mm. they're just, they're out there. They eat people. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the Noctosaurus Rex. Yeah, yes. No. <laughs> no, 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 that was a joke. The yes. no. Like giant gecko dinosaurs. Okay, okay, wait, okay. geckos okay, are so cool. Bring it, I can... To bring it back to not dinosaurs. Courtney, please help us. <laughs> um, I'm picturing like uh, giant bugs, like centipedes Ooh, and millipedes uh, and like pill bugs yeah. and stuff that thrives in those like dark, grimy areas. Okay. They got protein. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think geckos are also a really good idea as well mm. because like just crank up the size on those things and they're also eating those giant bugs that are down there as well. Like mm -hmm. those two concepts work really well. So together. dinosaur geckos is what you're saying. <laughs> Gekosaurus Rex, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, I, you know, I'm I'm cool with like giant oh. gecko things, especially because you know you can see them crawling along the walls, and they're yeah. essentially just you know, uh, if if anyone knows Monster Hunter, you can you can think of them as like the kezu and stuff like that. Can, which is just... can you ride them? Yes. <laughs> um. I'm actually going to say no because you can't domesticate anything within the city limits. Right. Well, if you're Boba Fett, though, I mean, you could ride a crate dragon, <laughs> so or a rancor beast. Yeah, but it's not like okay, you can ride them, but is it really riding or you're just holding on to them? <laughs> holding right? on, like, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you're not domesticating mm. these things until you get to the faction we'll introduce, where they are the riders of the gecko dinosaurs. God damn it! <laughs> you know what? You can save that for the next episode. Fuck's sake. Uh, I do. Okay, I do have a serious contribution here. Um, <laughs> I I wonder if there's um it seems like okay, I've said I initially said that the blood situation seems disconnected from their economy but then I, I think 
I wonder if there is a need to have an influx of people, you know, to kind of regular immigration into the city. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there are groups of people who live out, you know, in the darkness who would love to be part of the city and they're mm-hmm. different tribes of some kind that would give mm-hmm. us some dynamic yeah. to work with. Yeah, I think I think it's good to have other settlements, even if they're not as like built up um, mm-hmm. like mega cities like this one, but at least have some sort of like straggling towns out there trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like Paleolithic kind of existence, mm-hmm. but yeah. they look towards the city as if someday they can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know what's funny? I can see this like little mini setting that we have going on. You could probably copy paste it into Plain Gia. I feel like that could yeah. work really yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Dave Somerville, by the way, and Justin <laughs> Alexander. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you could do something like that remarkably well. And uh, I can also see the city itself. We haven't really talked about what it might look like, right? We don't know how mm-hmm. big or expansive it might be, how many walls there are. Like, are there walls? You know, we we, we don't really have a good idea of what it looks like right now. Mm-hmm. It's basically Super Mario. <laughs> Daniel, do you know how fucking vague that is? Like, <laughs> do you know how many worlds? Pipes, but they're gold. <laughs> So, so you mean a, a golden pipe, like in like in Mario? Like yeah, in- yeah. <laughs> One thing I think would be neat is if, like the um, uh, bat mind flayer things, the city's upside down, like it's ceiling to floor ish, mm-hmm. suggesting perhaps it was built not for the inhabitants originally. Okay, I I like, like that stalactites idea. or mites. I don't know which one. I like I like mm-hmm. that idea. Can we can we kind of take it and expand upon that? So maybe mm-hmm. the the initial like ziggurat that Courtney had in mind, it's yeah. a reverse ziggurat. So it's like it yeah. looks like a giant stalactite. One hundred percent. But there is a city that is built around it. So very obviously that giant stalactite ziggurat thing that was like very much not the humanoids who have since mm-hmm. come and like essentially claimed it as their own. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I mean. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but the rest of the city is like, you know, like Mario. Floor up. No, it's <laughs> not. Mario. <laughs> okay. I think, I think what we should do because we we've, we've done a good job laying the base layer down. We've got a bunch of really cool ideas, a bunch of really cool shit. I think we should probably roll some dice for the world anchor and see where we can kind of go from there. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Sure. Sounds good. I also realized, Daniel, that with the Mario pipes and like rideable geckos, you got Yoshi mm-hmm. and Yeah. Oh, mother. See, Courtney, yeah. she always has my back. She always gets it. Okay, so now I I swear to you, next next episode, I'm introducing a fire flower and I'm introducing yes! I'm introducing a Tanuki suit, like an, oh my god, an anatomically correct Tanuki oh, suit no. on top I of that. I can't wait. Uh, we're can't making wait. this happen. It's your fault, Daniel. Everyone blame <laughs> Daniel. Oh, I love every second of it. Why must you ruin things I love, Daniel? Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's roll some dice for the uh, world building anchor, and we can kind of go from there. For those of you who might not know, the world building anchor is a thing that we roll for randomly that is that plays a major part within the world itself. Uh, it it might be an important leader. It might be an important event. But for the setting that we're talking about, the world building anchor, this thing that we're talking about plays a major role in the setting. So we're going to roll for that now. The thing that we're going to be focusing on for this anchor is we've got a hero and the theme of this hero is going to be. Okay. uh, Good luck with this one. So the fee, so we've got a hero and the theme surrounding the hero is bottomless hunger. Wow. Yeah. Um, how how are we going to square this whole deal so we've got a hero the theme is bottomless hunger thematically i mean this could be a metaphor it could be literal i'm open to suggestions here what are we thinking the the hero is the sun goddess herself and her bottomless hunger for blood 
Ooh. 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 Nice. Uh, that's that's not a bad idea, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to flesh that out a little bit, obviously. Yup. <laughs> okay. Okay. I've got so many ideas. I've got so many different ways that we can go with this. Is the sun goddess in a state of metamorphosis as we speak? The blood that these people are offering will essentially allow her to evolve into her next stage and then bring the sun back to the world at large. Hell yes. 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 And that way we can now justify the human sacrifice a little (laughs) bit more because it's not just for the betterment of the community. It's for the betterment of Mm -hmm. the world, right? These people Mm -hmm. believe that this is, that the ziggurat is essentially a cocoon. And in fact, it is, I'm sorry, Courtney, it is no longer a ziggurat. It is a giant, it is a giant cocoon. It's like a stone cocoon or something like that. It can have, you know, grooves in it that look like ziggurat steps. Oh, it totally does. does. Maybe there's like a ziggurat underneath it that they walk up or something. Yeah, her tomb that's inside of it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Daniel? Can we can we also add that to commune with the goddess, you put on like a golden mask and that person who wears it like is possessed by her to speak for her? Or like an oracle kind of thing? Why are you trying to make I feel like this is a weird thing that you're gonna add. What what's the what's your game? What's your fucking what's end, my game? end game? Yeah. I am I am referencing a Star Trek episode <laughs> where Data becomes a sun goddess. Oh my god. Really? I knew, I yes. knew it. I like, sure am. This is way too fucking specific. <laughs> TNG fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. God damn. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, sure. A golden mask. <laughs> Why not? Mm. Sure. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm. We can. I, I'll do you one better. It's a golden mask, not made out of gold, but made out of the stone itself. So it's a stone oh. mask. Yeah, and I can add, I can Close. now add in a JoJo reference because it also <laughs> transforms the person in some way. Ooh, I like that. What if? Yes. What if um, the person who wears this mask uh, is the one that's being sacrificed, and oh, before yeah. they are fully sacrificed, maybe as they're bleeding out, they can they are possessed by the goddess. Yeah. Okay. Oh, 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 oh! Can can we have it so the person? essentially has a year to live as what is close to an avatar of the sun goddess. And she's bleeding out slowly. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, we can make that happen. Sure. And then she's become, it's their, it's their oracular pronouncement. I mean, is the sacrifices are annual, right? Yeah. Uh, they right. are now. Yes. So maybe, um, maybe it's not a year she lives, but some length of time, like a day or something. Yeah. That it possesses her. Yeah. I like the sure. idea of it being like a, not like a year long thing, but, somewhat quicker because they can ask for pronouncements from her in that day basically yeah yeah i i imagine that it's a number of days that is then sacred to that the the people of the city for sure oh like maybe like it's a seven day sequence matched to like a exactly mm. right right so but but it doesn't necessarily have to be seven that's just like the sacred number that we're used to right right they can they can Whatever come up with their own yeah you know what I'm going to roll this fucking D12 and that's the bigger number. There we go. Let's see. (laughs) I I was going to say five for like head, two arms, two legs. Oh, five points of a star. Yeah. Yeah. You you know, it's, it's five. Yeah. I did. Why'd you make me roll the die in the first place, Courtney? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, five works. It's five days and then it's the five points of a star. I mean, and the five limbs, like she said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I mean, you know, well, I guess the head, well, head the arms, right? Head, yeah. Uh, and not only that, but uh, of course, you you then look at the weird psionic bat spiders, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, yeah. well, we, starfish. Yeah, starfish. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, they're you know, starfishes have five limbs. No, I'm saying that they're going to have more appendages, so they're going to be oh. heretical in the eyes of this weird sun goddess. They're seen oh, as unholy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're they're essentially in their nomenclature, they're essentially demons because they have mm-hmm. way too many limbs. You know? you know what I could see them arguing? Like I could see you going before one of them and having the psychic communication with them before they like drain you. And they say, Have you ever looked at the symbol of the sun goddess and how there are broken points? And then that's all they say. And you're like, What? No, mind blown. <laughs> and perhaps literally, like that's the <laughs> yeah, literally blown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Oh, man. All right. That is a great stopping point for this setting. And now we have to roll the uh, the, the twist for this setting. And now I would, I definitely want to run a campaign for this one. Cook it up in OSR. Yeah, it, it does <laughs> like oh, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're now going to be adding the twist in. And if you want to add your own twist, you can do so by joining our Patreon. Don't forget that that's an additional perk. So if you've got a really cool twist idea, throw it our way. Hell, even if you're not a patron, toss one our way and I'm sure we'll probably take a look at it. The twist for this episode is going to be Aliens Did It. Oh, God. That's easy. Maybe. It might be easy. I mean, there's a number of ways that we can go with it. And we're going to have to square that on next episode. So without further ado... Uh, remember that if you want us to build your world, you can go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com and submit your prompt by clicking on the button, just a little button you click on, and then we will do your submission within a reasonable amount of time, as long as it's not creepy or gross. If you want to follow us on social media, you can go to our Twitter at Let's World Build and follow us there. If you want to come join our Discord, there's so many new and interesting and cool things going on in Discord, so come check it out with a link for that in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon with a link for that also in the description. That'll do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together until next week. 